0: Uh, you get a list of people with potential motivation. So in this case, for this deal is absentee owners. Uh, so this was out-of-state owners, people who owned a property, but were living out of state. And inherently with that list, like people are going to have a little more motivation to sell um, when they do want to sell, just because if you have something that's so far away, it's so hard to manage it. Anything, any Anytime something breaks or happens, you have to send somebody out that's expensive. It's always a hassle, um, you know, trying to do out-of-state stuff. So uh, inherently, these people have a a basis of motivation. So I was calling, uh, so purchase a list of absentee owners. And then what I did, I got the list skip traced, which is a process of basically get the name and the property address of the person of the property. And then you can get the phone numbers. So there's a lot of these different services that you'll get the phone numbers for. And then you start calling through the list. So basically I was just calling through the list, spending a lot of time doing that. Um, doing cold calling, I can get a lot of people like, I don't want to sell my property. Uh, Some people do want to sell their property. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talley, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here's your host, Annette Talley.
1: Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Tali, and my guest today is Victor Giercek. (laughs) Tell me if I did it wrong. (laughs) Um, I've been practicing, but it's very hard to pronounce. But Victor, welcome. Uh, I'm super excited to connect with you. I've been watching you, and you are killing it with your flips. Uh, I constantly see you on Facebook posting a new project, and it's super exciting to watch uh, so let me tell you a little bit about victor he's a full-time flipper in gainesville florida and he has done over or almost 20 flips this year and he focuses on helping people start to flip houses so welcome and and tell us a little bit about your personal story how did you start in real estate
0: well absolutely and i appreciate uh, being on the show. Appreciate being able to talk and get to know uh, you and your audience here. Um, yeah. So I got started in real estate pretty young. I, it was a family business. So family bought some property. And what happened is I was getting involved and it was like 14 and we'd work on the weekends with the family on the property, like demoing, tearing stuff out, fixing up the place. And I would do like very low level tasks. So stuff like, you know, grab a hammer and, you know, get this stuff out of here, like take out these nails or take out this carpet. So a lot of this like low level stuff. So I got to got to get, got to get that start a lot younger. So I was lucky there. Um, it was kind of a family business. So I wanted to do my own thing. I was rebellious, you know, when I was young. So I was like, I'm gonna go do my own thing. Went to college. I ended up dropping out of college because I didn't like the didn't like what I was studying. I uh, Wanted to go my own path. So I tried a ton of different things. I tried healthcare. I tried home services. You know, entrepreneurial ventures. Trying like online businesses. Um, and then eventually came back to real estate and I was like, I I actually really like this. I'm really a fan of real estate. I enjoy doing it. Um, you can do really well for yourself as well. And that's, that's pretty much it. So I started out thinking I could, um, do it on my own and do another business. And I basically came back to, came back to the basics and here I am and been full-time real estate for two, two, three years and just flipping, flipping as much as possible.
1: Awesome. And the family business was also flipping or is it, was it uh, buy and hold or different mm-hmm. type of uh, real estate?
0: So it was mostly buy and hold. Yeah. So buy we would still, hold. But we would still buy properties that were beat up, uh, fix them up and then rent them out.
1: Okay. Awesome. That is incredible. I, I like that, that your parents put you to work.
0: <laughs>
1: it, I would they, get... did, they really did you a favor because you had something that you already knew. Even when you decided to do your own thing, you came back to it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I came back to it. I don't know if it would be necessarily a favor. Like I'd learned a lot, but I would work an entire weekend and they would give me like a $20 bill for the work. So I was working for maybe a dollar an hour. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, I, I look back and I'm happy that I did it just because it's good, uh, basic uh, experience. Like, okay, this is how you do the basic stuff, you know, demo, so on and so forth. So it was just, it was a good experience. Though. I'm happy I did it.
1: Awesome. The Deal. All right, so let's talk about the deal. What deal do you want to talk about today?
0: Uh, well, I wanted to talk about my first deal, my first flip here, uh, like the first flip I, I did on my own. And uh, yeah, just happy to dive into it. A lot happened with it, a lot of interesting stuff, and uh, learned a lot of lessons. But yeah, happy to dive deeper into it. Yeah,
1: that. let's talk about it. So, okay, so what type of asset and what was the location?
0: Mm-hmm. So this was a single family home, uh, so residential in Gainesville, Florida.
1: Okay. Was it in an A, B, or C-class um, neighborhood?
0: Mm-hmm. I'd say like B+, plus A-, minus. so somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's
1: nice. All right. So how did you find the deal?
0: So this deal, I uh, got it through cold calling.
1: Wow. So tell, us, tell people that don't know what cold calling is, what is it, and how did you do it?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, cold calling is essentially the rough process is uh, you get a list of people with potential motivation. So in this case, for this deal is absentee owners. Uh, so this was out-of-state owners, people who owned a property, but were living out of state. And inherently with that list, like people are going to have a little more motivation to sell um, when they do want to sell, just because if you have something that's so far away, it's so hard to manage it. Anything, any Anytime something breaks or happens, you have to send somebody out that's expensive. It's always a hassle, um, you know, trying to do out-of-state stuff. So uh, inherently these people have a, basis of motivation. So I was calling, uh, so purchase a list of absentee owners. And then what I did, I got the list skip traced, which is a process of basically get the name and the property address of the person of the property. And then you can get the phone numbers. So there's a lot of these different services that you'll get the phone numbers for. And then you start calling through the list. So basically I was just calling through a list, spending a lot of time doing that. Um, Doing cold calling, I can get a lot of people like, no, I don't want to sell my property. Uh, some people do want to sell their property, but they want to sell it for, um, you know, retail value or above retail value. So that doesn't really work. Um, so it's really a process. It's, it's like a funnel, you know, you have to call hundred people to talk to 20 to get, you know, make 15 offers and to get one deal. So that's basically what I did. So I did cold calling, got this, this one Um, she was, how
1: long, how long, um, did it take you to, you know, to do all these calls? Like you got one list, like you said, and you get from a hundred people, you have 20 and then 15, and then you Mm -hmm. get one that accepts your offer. How long was this process of finding, of trying to find it?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so to find this deal took a while, but on average, it takes, it takes like, I usually get like a lead an hour, like I make an offer an hour roughly, um, so maybe like 15 hours of cold calling, 10 to 20 hours of cold calling would get me this deal. Uh, but it's not always so linear, right? So it's just, it's not like the 15th hour on the 15th <laughs> offer. Like it came through, it took, it took time. And this one especially was tricky because this was an out of state owner. So she, obviously, but she was in Texas and this property was in Florida unfortunately the mother passed away and she inherited the property it got hit by hurricane irma in 2017 i think it was hurricane irma and it had a lot of damage like a a log which is like a five-foot log went through the roof into the living room like a like a cannon like broke through the wall as well and uh basically she was just wanting to sell it so it was inherited property beat up it was just sitting there she just wanted to sell it and that's when i called her and she was interested um it took a little while to set up like logistics because she had like mail me a key and because she didn't I mean she didn't live there so she had to mail me a key everything was locked and that took some time it took a lot of follow-up but we she probably didn't
1: know that it was that much
0: I think no actually they did know yeah uh, oh, okay roof on the place yeah um but she knew but it was just you know it was just a beat-up house and they just want to get rid of it
1: All right. So what, well, there was no listing price because she wasn't trying to sell, but what was like your starting price and how did you negotiate it?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So this is an off-market deal. Um, We, she initially wanted 110 for it. And back then I was still getting started. So I I really didn't negotiate. it. I was just like, okay, let's do 110.
1: And (laughs) what was the market price for a house like that one in the market, um, Um, but fixed up?
0: Uh, probably like 200 220
1: Okay, so you still got a really good deal, but was, you didn't know to negotiate it down.
0: I didn't know to negotiate down. And what was interesting, like when I basically accepted the offer, what was weird is there was always like this hesitancy on her end. And I found out later that it was basically because I took her initial offer, uh, which can always, you know, can it can backfire. I'll put it that way. Uh, so right. So she was like Oh, before we sign anything, like I want you to see the place. I want you to see the place. Okay, before we sign anything, like do an inspection. So it's almost like she was, like trying to make trying
1: sure to... that you were not going to have a account.
0: Exactly. <laughs> like I, you know, it's beat up. It needs a lot of work. Um, <laughs> but uh, she, I jumped on the 110. I, uh, I ran numbers. I mean, basically like a novice back then. But uh, ran the numbers and I was like, oh, this this might be a deal. This might be a deal. And just put it under contract and. So there wasn't a lot of negotiating, um, luckily. I didn't have to All do right.
1: it. Right. Okay. So you paid 110 for it. And so how much did you put into the property when you were renovating it? And what did you do to it
0: mm-hmm. besides but, the roof? <laughs> well, I should a okay, good price. Uh, I should mention so it started out at 110, and then uh there were some issues in the inspection report. So we lowered it to 105. So it was something okay. like that. So up- you did a good I did negotiate it in the end, but yeah, not upfront, but, not, you know, closer to the closing table there.
1: Awesome. Um, All right.
0: Yeah. So bought it for one Oh five. That was like the actual purchase price. And then for renovations, uh, the first thing was like clear out a lot of the debris. Cause again, with the storm, like a lot of stuff got inside and like dirt and, you know, it was just just a lot of debris. So basically demo everything out. Uh, we did new kitchen. We did new flooring. We did, we did a new HVAC system, um, kept the bathrooms the same. So there was like blue tile in the bathroom. So we just kept that. Um, probably would have done that differently today, but you know we were just starting out. So there was that. And then, so yeah, it was just a pretty clean renovation. Nothing too crazy, nothing too fancy. It was already a new roof as mentioned. So didn't have to worry about that. Uh, I do want to mention it was asbestos siding. Uh, when we bought it, we didn't, we didn't know any better. So we just bought it with asbestos siding. And um yeah luckily we didn't have any issues luckily the buyer didn't didn't mind so so yeah it just worked out in that sense and then what's funny is um uh, we got so tired like we were exhausted working on it and I had a partner on this one and I'm happy to explain that more but um we we're so exhausted at the end of it like we only painted like the bottom half of the house <laughs> so it was, it was a green house. And it was as best deciding and like, we were really tired. So we were just like, oh, cause the top half was really, was nice. And the bottom half was really beat up and dirty. So we we're just like, let's just paint the same color and match it to the top. We'll just paint the bottom half and, <laughs> and we did. And we were so exhausted at the time, like we're like, oh, that's okay, that's fine. But on the pictures, it looks silly because it looks, you know, you can obviously tell it's different.
1: Two different colors. That's so funny. I did I did do that in a duplex that I had right before the appraisal, so it looked nice, but I just paid painted the facade. So Uh, like the sides of the building were not painted, but the facade was super nice. I mean, that's when they take most of the pictures
0: that's funny (laughs) did it work out in the end on that one like yeah
1: the price came back what I what I needed so it was perfect I I was lucky with that appraiser because at the end you know I always try to talk to them and some of them are nice and they want to hear what you have to say and that's a that's a, a a trick you guys gotta be ready I had researched the market and I had my comparables and I had like printed them out and I told him you know, I think the property is worth this much because these other ones sold for this and like, blah, blah, blah. And when the appraisal came back, it was exactly the number that I, nice. that I had researched. So, or pretty close. So it's like, if you're prepared and you give them your ideas, <laughs> sometimes they they uh, consider it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that worked out. Okay, well, that's, yeah. that's a good tip. I'll make sure to just paint the facade moving forward. <laughs> anything else.
1: <laughs> well, this was a very square building. Um, it's concrete block. It's not like I'm assuming in Gainesville you have wood, more of the wood construction, and you have a lot of siding, and and you know this didn't have a lot of details, so it was like very clean. Like there was really nothing decorative on the sides that you could paint. It would be just like a one color. So it, it worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I like the, the two color you would have, you should have gone with like the opposite, like contrasting colors, then that it would look like it was yeah. in purpose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit silly on our part. Because uh, it was obviously noticeable. But, um, you know, I guess you learn, you know, that's, you know, it was a good lesson for sure. Right. But, uh, anything All right. Else that popped up on that one. I think it was just a pretty straightforward thing. I mean, we were doing a lot of the work ourselves, too. So that was, you know, that was something we did.
1: Right. And did you, um, did you come in, in uh, on budget? Like, did, you know, I'm assuming that when you did the numbers, you said, okay, I'm going to spend this amount of money. And did you spend more or did you keep the, pro- the, pro- the renovation in budget?
0: Mm-hmm. I think we we're mostly in budget. I don't remember the initial thing. This happened a couple of years ago. Um, I think we put in, in the end, there's like 28,000 repairs. Um, again, we did a lot of the work ourselves. So we saved a little bit. We also made a couple bad hires with contractors who just took too long. We paid them by the hour. We pay like a whole crew by the hour and they were just slow. So, like, we underspent some areas and then overspent. So, we saved by doing some of the work ourselves, but also uh, overspent because we used some of the wrong people. Uh, I don't remember the initial budget. budget. It might have been 20,000, 30,000. We came at 28. So, that was, that was pretty good.
1: Pretty good. All right, cool. So, how did you fund the, the deal? How did you, uh, because I'm assuming you couldn't finance it, but I may be wrong.
0: Um, so for flipping, I didn't know this at the time, you can do hard money lending. Uh, I didn't know that. This one was a little bit interesting. So um, I, before I uh, answer your question directly, uh, my first two deals were wholesale deals. So my first wholesale deal made about $3,000. Uh, second wholesale deal made about $3,500. And for the wholesaling, uh, I never really enjoyed it just because like you negotiate with a seller.
1: Yeah. You know, let me let me stop you there because I think a lot of people don't know what wholesaling is. So can oh, okay. you... Explain what's wholesaling and, and then you can keep going with what you did.
0: Uh-huh. So wholesaling is, um, it's basically like a, almost a type of flipping. So you find a motivated seller, you put their house under contract, but instead of you buying the house yourself, you sell that contract essentially to another investor mm-hmm. and typical, and it's called an assignment. So you sign the, assign the contract to somebody else. Um, so it's, you know, it's a perfectly legal way. Um, it's a good way to get started with real estate. Uh, people make good livings doing wholesaling, um, but that's, that's basically the process. So with me, my wholesale deal, I never liked it just because I negotiate with the seller. Okay. Boom, 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 get a good deal. And then I have to find an investor. And you know, I I'm confident on my numbers, but then the investor wants a good deal too. So they're going to beat me up on my numbers. So I always felt like I was getting squeezed in the middle. Just, you know putting together these two deals putting together these two parties making the transaction happen and getting an assignment fee so uh, instead of wholesaling I was like okay let's just take these deals down myself and then I could you know make the big spread I could make the big check not just 3,000 I could make you know thirty thousand um, so that's basically what I did so on this first deal uh, I grabbed a partner uh, they were the money partner I was more like a sweat equity person and you know put together uh, found the deal for them I you know, ran the numbers for them. I helped out on the property in this specific case where like helped with the renovation and helped sell it and did like a sweat equity thing. So, uh, to answer your question directly. So for the funding, uh, I grabbed a partner, grabbed a money partner and partnered on it.
1: Did you go 50, 50?
0: Uh, we did, it was like 70, 30, basically. So I got 30, but I was happy with it. Uh, Right. Because you,
1: you, you couldn't do it by yourself, right? right? So you, partner up with somebody and were able to do the deal. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. And I didn't understand before because I wanted the whole money, but it took me, you know, two years to save the money to buy the property by myself instead of maybe partnering up with somebody and, and do three properties in, in two years, mm-hmm. you know? So, but you got to make sure that you partner with the right person. So don't rush to partnering either, mm-hmm. you know, think about it. That's awesome. All right. So you funded with a, a partnership. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, the exit strategy for this one—it was a flip. So tell me, how did it go on uh, at the end of the the transaction?
0: Yeah, for sure. So it was a flip. So we bought it for 105, put in about 28, and uh, I think we initially listed it for like like 200 or 190. I don't remember the specifics. Um, it sat there for about a week or two, which wasn't too bad. But then uh, someone came in with an offer. I think they came in like I don't know, like 175, I think, or about like 180. And at the time, we were just happy to get an offer because it kind of been sitting there, didn't have a lot of showings, didn't have a lot of feedback. Again, didn't really know what we were doing. So we didn't know what was typical or what, uh, what to look out for. Uh, so they gave us an offer. We basically took it. Um, and then they went through an inspection period. And there's a couple of things we missed on the renovation. So like some of the joists were damaged and we never replaced them. And then some of the subfloor was damaged and we never replaced it. Uh, So I think at the end, we ended up selling it for like 170 because we did a price adjustment because of those Mm -hmm. things that they fixed. Uh, But still a good deal. I mean, we bought it 105, put in 28, sold for 170. I think we netted 28. It was something like that. Yeah. Right. We netted almost 30. So, you know, good deal got started. And then again, just like I mentioned, yes, a partner funded it, but like I now had it was part of a track record. Like I've done a deal. I had some money in the bank so I can start, you know, using that for my own deal slowly. Um, so it was a good, you know, jumping off point for sure.
1: Absolutely. Um, and you know, that's the thing you, you, you jumped and did it instead of, you know, waiting and, and for the best time and then saving the money and doing it yourself. Uh, and you know, wholesaling, like you started wholesaling. And I think a lot of people start wholesaling because that's, uh, very easy way to get into real estate with not a lot of money. And, you know, then, and I see this same transition, they start wholesaling, and then they realize that they could um, do better if they do flipping or buying and hold. So they transition to flipping or, you know, buying and holding, and, and then it keeps going that way. Awesome. That is awesome. So what was after that flip? Uh, what did you, what was your, your conclusion? You decided you wanted to keep going. You wanted to grow, you know, what, what happened
0: after this? Wanted to do more. Yeah. It was like, it went great. Like, okay, cool. Got it done. Um, then right after that, we did another condo flip and went from there. That one we bought for, I think like 45, we put in about 12 and then sold for 85. So like just more, we just did more deals where we were hooked. It's like, okay, this is awesome. Um, and did
1: you continue with the same partner?
0: Uh, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sort of transition, like grab more partners, do my own deals. Uh, Cause I just want to build up my capital base. Cause on this first one, I mean, you, you can do the math, but I netted about 9,000, 10,000 for me personally. Um, so that's not necessarily enough for me to start doing my own deals, even if I was doing like hard money, um, right. so just kept, on, kept on partnering, kept on growing from there.
1: And how long did it take you for that deal from beginning to end?
0: So that one, we actually bought on Halloween. So it's October 31st. Mm -hmm. and then we listed it i guess we listed it i think it took eight weeks so we listed it sometime in december and then it closed in january and again we didn't know december was a slow period so we were freaking out because we weren't getting a lot of showings not a lot of interest and we're like oh my god is this thing ever gonna sell but it only took two weeks to get a an offer right we were just you know we're just green you know newbies um that's a part of it. You just don't know what you don't know.
1: Exactly. I was just going to say that. And <laughs> did you use a realtor or did you try to sell it yourself?
0: We did a flat fee listing. Yeah. Okay. Ourselves. Mm-hmm. It worked out. That's how I do my properties now as well. I just do the flat fee listing, the 3%, especially with the volume that we do, um, you know, 20 a year. I mean, I'm saving probably six figures.
1: Right. So you, do you use the same? Um, so do you, what is a flat fee? Let, let oh, me answer yeah.
0: that. <laughs> sure. So a flat fee. So when it, let's start with the beginning. So whenever you have a realtor listed, uh, they take a three percent commission. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So if the property is going to sell for two hundred thousand, they're going to take six thousand dollars to list it. Um, the the realtor on the listing side is a listing agent. Um, all respect to them, they don't really do much. They put it on the MLS and basically they they wait. <laughs> They wait and they get phone calls, like, hey, can I see the place? Yes, you can see the place. And like, okay, cool. And then they help you with the documentation, they help you with all that stuff. Um, so instead of doing that and giving up 3%, what you can do is like a flat fee service. And basically it's just a flat fee. And I've seen it in different costs, you know, I've seen a hundred bucks, five hundred bucks, um, all these different costs. And basically what they do, they just list it on the MLS for you. And it goes on Zillow, Realtor.com, Trulia, it goes on all the websites and MLS. So it's publicly, publicly available. But then when people call in, like they call you directly instead of the realtor. So you you handle the negotiation, the you handle showings, you handle uh, contracts, documentation. Um, so you're basically the, I mean, you're the transaction person.
1: So you're basically paying them for listing it on reputable sources mm-hmm. like the MLS and, you know, all mm-hmm. their resources because they probably posted on their website as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah, okay. So in my case, like if I'm flipping, I'm, I'm tra- on track to flip about 20 this year. Um, that three percent fee really, uh, really grows quickly.
1: Right, and you're using the same person, right? So it's to their advantage. They don't do much but just listing it, and mm-hmm. then they are getting this money. It's like a second exactly. stream of income. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty passive. Like as a listing agent, you don't do much. I think there's a study done and on average, again, nothing against realtors, but um, on average, like the listing agent realtor puts about five hours in on a transaction uh, to list it, to sell it. Um, So why not do that yourself? Especially if you're more advanced and know how to handle the documentation, then, and you know the area, know the market, know prices, then, you know, you can just do it yourself and save that money.
1: But you still pay the other realtor? The commission, yeah. correct? Because buyer's like
0: agent will still get three percent. The three
1: percent. Okay, cool, awesome. All right, that's super interesting.
0: Productivity hack. All
1: right, so let's talk about uh, your productivity hack. So, what what is it? The, the the one thing that you have done in your business that has helped you grow your business.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing, uh, this is I really, really like, I just need to be more consistent with it. Like I like to plan the day ahead. So like the night before plan the next day and I just have a sheet of paper and I basically like break down everything I need to do. Like, okay, 8am appointment, 9am blank, then task, task, task. And then like I break down my entire day, but I plan it ahead of time. And like, there's also a productivity benefit because I get everything done and just knock it out. There's also a a mental benefit. It feels like I'm in control of my day. It's not like things are happening to me. I'm just like, what's going on? How do I handle this? It's like, I'm in control. And that's a really good feeling. So I would say that's my productivity hack. So plan your day um, one day in advance.
1: Awesome. Expert tips. All right, so now is the time for the three expert tips, and Victor is going to give us three expert tips to start flipping.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah. So three expert tips. Um, I always recommend for people getting started. A lot of like a lot of people who are getting started have a lot of anxiety about like making offers, especially low offers. So what I recommend is the following. So kind of ease your way into it. Like uh, dip your toe in the water, so to speak, when you're getting started making offers, like if you're a brand new beginner. So I'd say like the first tip, like the first step even is like, make a phone call to a seller and you can find, you know, any seller. That's not a tough thing. Like just make a phone call to a seller and don't even make an offer. Just like talk to the seller, like get used to the the fact of it. A lot of the people I, I work with or partner with, like they're afraid to even talk on the phone. And because they don't know, like, what do I say? What do I offer? What if I'm going to look dumb? And they have all these things going on in their head, and it just becomes this analysis paralysis, and they don't do anything. Um, so they're like, oh, they they're reading books or they're listening to podcasts or they're on YouTube, and it's like years and years, and this like adds up. And they're like, oh, I've been thinking about doing real estate for five years. And then you ask them, like, oh, how many offers have you made? How many deals have you done? Like, oh, I haven't done any. I haven't done anything. Um, so that's probably like the first tip. Like, okay, that's the first tip. So ease into it. Easy into like, take it slow. Um, just like, you know, getting into the water, like take it slow. Um, second thing is like, just get out there and talk to a seller. Just like, talk to a seller. You know, tell me about your property. How long have you owned it? Uh, why are you looking to sell it? But stuff like that. And then the third thing is uh, make your first low ball offer. So, and you can do this even today. You can do this in the next 24 hours. Is to make your first lowball offer. So whatever the list price is, just offer half and see how that goes. And of the time, it's going to go well. Like they either say like, hey, and they're nice about it. No, I I can't take that as too low. Or I've had people just like laugh and hang up when I do that exercise with students. Um, But the biggest thing is like, you're just getting over your fear because a lot of success just comes from the numbers game aspect to it. Like the person who wins is the person out there making the most offers. Um, So those are my three tips. So uh, ease into it. Um, first thing you do is talk to a seller and just talk to them and then third thing you do is make your first lowball offer um, you can knock those things out pretty quick and then you're there i mean that's the that's the first milestone and from there it's um, you can get your own first flip
1: absolutely i mean it, it's not easy to talk to sellers and you know i've done it and you know i've I think I I was talking to this lady and she wanted to sell, but she was a realtor, but she was older and she wanted to get rid of the property, but she wanted so much money and she would not come down on price. <laughs> uh, so I just, you know, I call her every once in a while and, and see if she wants to sell because it's a multifamily mm. uh, in the area that I invest in. So it's like the perfect property for me to to take, but you know, so far, no luck with her but i guess it's it's practice right like you just have to keep doing it and getting better at it and i'm assuming that uh, once you do it enough times you kind of realize what works for you and what doesn't work for you when talking to sellers. Yeah,
0: exactly exactly so you just get used to it so that's the biggest thing like just get used to getting out there um i mean that's yeah just get out there and you'll improve over time like the first time you do it you're gonna suck and you're gonna look silly and you might say the wrong thing and that's totally fine but that's how you get better I mean that's that's the only way to get better
1: absolutely I remember hanging up and I'm like I should have said this and I should have said that (laughs) but if you don't do the next call then you're not going to have the chance to to say that Mm -hmm. that, what you thought that you had to do amazing all right so tell me uh, where can people find you
0: um yeah so I'm pretty active on Facebook so if you want to look me up uh it's my full name Victor Jercek V I K T O R J uh I'm pretty unique with the name so if you look me up you'll be able to find me all right uh if you want to learn more about flipping I have a Facebook group it's a free Facebook group um six figure house flippers I basically teach people how to get their first flip and then how to get to six figure flipping houses which is what I've done for myself so I want to teach people how to do the same but yeah just reach out to me on Facebook Uh, It's the best way to connect.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Victor. I am super excited to to talk about flipping because I think a lot of people start that way and then they may grow or they might stay there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I personally love the transformation when I, I do mostly buy and hold, but I love the part where I renovate And then, you know, I'm an architect by uh, career. So I love the the process of seeing the the house, you know, outdated and dirty and cleaning it up and renovating it and making it look super nice. And -hmm. when I rent, you know, my apartment, seeing the reactions of, wow, this is so nice. So uh, I really love uh, the, the concept. Thank you so much. And if you are enjoying this show, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, like our page on Facebook and uh, follow our group, South Florida Multifamily and more. Good
0: night, everybody. Thanks for having me. Good night. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.talleyinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.